Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this service. We are on to a very important topic concerning our relationship with people, <coughs> particularly people in the household of God. And we mentioned that relationship is everything. It determines our uh, well-being, our uh, this uh, satisfaction in life. And, uh, and yet relationship is a continuous, a constant problem that we encounter in life, be it in the family, be it in the school, in the workplace, and uh, in the society at large. We will always face this challenge with difficulties in getting on with people. And as a result, we can be hurt, we can, be, can take offense. And some people, they harbor that hatred, uh, bitterness in their heart, so much so that their heart is manipulating their words, their behavior, their relationship with people. And so, it's so important that we, uh, we, we, we talk about how that heart, that kind of heart can be transformed. It takes a miracle of God. It takes an encounter with God, a shaking uh, that goes right into our inner core so that we uh, can be cleansed, we can be changed. But today we want to talk about living with no grievance when, when offended. As you can see, this is tough. Uh, this is almost like impossible. So we need to learn together how we can live with no grievance or, or else our life will be hindered, will be obstructed, our progress will be obstructed because of relational problem, because of these uh, uh, grudges and offenses. The book of Colossians 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So can you imagine the Word of God expect us to be able to live in perfect unity, perfect harmony with one another in the house of God? So how can that ever be possible to live with no offense, no grievance against those who sin against us? It all started by having a knowledge of who we are in, in Christ Jesus. Look at the, the, the verse 12 here, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Do you know who you are? We are God's chosen people. You know, to know who we are, what difference does it make? 
Because if we do not know who we are, we will try and fish for love from people, from the words of people, and、uh, we will try and gain approval and 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 wanting to to compromise so that we can be accepted by people. So can you see the the kind of、uh, inner needs? That drive us to begin to behave in a certain way. That create a worse of problems because we'll be very competitive. We'll be very sensitive to what people say. We'll take we will take offense even a、uh, even easier, more easier because now we're so conscious of what people say, and then we interpret it through our needs. So that's why words spoken many times, it was not meant that way. But the hearer interpreted as, you know, rejection and criticism. So they get hurt, they're wounded. So it's so important that we begin to live in perfect unity to know who we are.、Uh, it says we are chosen people of God. I remember in the younger days when we used to go out to play basketball, and、uh, depends on the number of people, then we will split it into two, and uh, uh, so that one team can play against another. And so, first of all, you you have a stronger leader who will be the captain. So there are two captains. They will choose. Alternately, you know, this team will choose one, that team will choose another, and then. You know, it, it goes round like that. And of course, if you are the team captain, you always choose the best because you want to choose a winning team. And can you imagine the weaker、uh, person? You know, will be sweating away, hoping that we will be selected and selected fast, because being chosen means you are accepted. Being chosen means that you are good. Being chosen gives you a sense of belonging. You belong to this team. And and so so can you see the the, the implication, the the emotional psychological impact it has on a person, you know, if you are rejected. And that's why there are a lot of damaged people in this world because they have experienced rejection. They do not know how to handle. And the reality is, in this life, we will be rejected. But in Christ, we know we are chosen. We do not depend on people to affirm our worth, to affirm who we are. We know we are chosen as people of God. So that our life will be made whole. So that when we enter into relationship, come、uh, interact in relationship, we don't have an ulterior motive that drives us, that create a problem. So the first thing is we are chosen people of God, and then is that holy? We are holy. Holy doesn't just confine to not、uh, not doing, not committing some moral sin. Holy means you are separate, apart, dedicated, totally given to God's purpose. 
to do His will. It's just like the Lord Jesus when He faced with uh, the crucifixion and the cross. And we know He really struggled as any human would do. But He's holy. He's separated. He's dedicated to commit Himself to do what the fathers want. And that's why he's able to stoop firm and went to the cross. So we are holy. We are called. We are chosen to do the Father's will. And, and, and that's, that's who we are. Even though we may face challenges, pain, suffering, but we are holy. We will not quit. We will not uh, uh, run away, but we will fix our eyes on the goal, the, the, the purpose that God has set for us to do as an individual and as a church. And so when the Bible tells us that when we are holy, then we'll be able to see God then we'll be able to know what God wants us to do in a particular situation. Without being holy, we cannot see God. We cannot see God. And then with the inner needs that drives us, many times we'll do things which is contrary to what we believe and what we know. I remember when I was a teacher in, in a school, and uh, there was one time I did get into some trouble with some of the students. They accused me for, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, there was some problem. So, of course, it was brought out in the class to, to discuss about it so that we can resolve the problem. So I was looking to a certain uh, students, because they are good students, they are uh, to, to, to lend their support to, to me in contrary to what the others are uh, accusing me of. And to my surprise, to my horror, I didn't get the support that I needed. So at, when the thing was over, I Privately, I go to these people, these students, because they are important. They are good students. They are, uh, they, they are not those naughty ones. So I asked, particularly this young man I remember, I was expecting him to say something different, but he followed the rest of the students. And then he said, teacher, that's not really what I, I believe, but because the rest of the students... So I got no choice but to, to follow them, you know. So he was looking for acceptance. He was looking uh, for belonging, and he dare not stand firm for the truth. So God wants us to know that we are chosen, we are holy. We know God, we see God because we are holy, we are able to know what is right, what is true and stand firm. But if we are not holy, if we are not dedicated, 
in those challenging times, we will be swayed to play to the Galilee. Okay, so uh, we are holy, and then dearly loved, dearly loved, not just loved, dearly loved. Can you see? We are showered, we are covered by the love of God. That gives us that sense of security. That we are all right. That, regardless of our failing, just like a child in a home, knowing that he's dearly loved. Yes, he can make mistake. He can show tantrum. He can be naughty, and and things like this happen. But he's dearly loved. Regardless of what it is, regardless of the scolding, the discipline um, that he need to go through, but he's daily love. He's secure in the family. He's secure in the love, and we are secure in the love of God. So, with this knowledge about who we are, our inner needs of love. Acceptance, self-worth, significance are all, all met. We are, we are made whole. If we are not, remember, hurting people hurts others. Now that we are made whole, we can enter into relationship and live at peace with people. People cannot live at peace with people has so much inner strife, so much self uh, in 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 inside of them. So, so how do we approach a relationship now? The Bible says, "Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself with." Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So now that you know who you are, now that you are, you know that you are a new creation. Now that you are, no, you you are a child of God. You know how to clothe yourself. You know how to put on what kind of virtues because of your status of who you are. Today I'll be going to a wedding. Uh, as Invited guests as family uh, related to 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 my daughter. So, I know who I am in this uh, in this relationship, and I know the occasion. So I need to dress appropriately and put on the right clothes. So in our relationship with people, because we know who we are, and we. We encounter different kinds of people. We may need to put on different kinds of clothes to deal with that kind, to deal with the situation, depending on the occasion, right? So we put on the first thing we need to put on is compassion, compassion. In order to have compassion inside, our hearts is tender. Our heart is、uh, pure, not hardened, not filled with pride. So when we have this kind of heart, then we can sense. We are sensitive to the environment. We are sensitive to the needs 
and the cry of people because we are moved with compassion. The Lord Jesus saw the, the big crowd that is following him. And he had compassion on them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus appeared with good news. You know, immediately people begin to follow after him because they're so desperate. They are in such need. They, they want to be set free. They want uh, to have a new life. And so Jesus saw their cries, saw their desperation. They followed him three days without food. Uh, yeah, so Jesus was moved with compassion, so he uh, performed miracles to meet their needs through the loaves and fishes. So we are moved because of compassion. It's, it's not a mental understanding. We can understand the needs, but then we must be moved. If we are not moved with compassion, we, there will be no action that follows. And uh, to be able to feel that compassion in your heart, You've got to empathize with the person, the needs of the person. I remember those days when I was overseas and we were just a teenager, really. And there was one boy who just migrated to the UK from South Africa of Asian descent. So, obviously, he doesn't look too healthy, a little bit malnutritious. I, I, that's, that's my interpretation. Uh, and uh, he's, he finds it difficult to integrate into the student bodies or maybe into the British community. And you're in the midst of teenager who doesn't know what compassion is all about, and uh, who are self-centered, who are not serious, maybe, about, about relationship. And, uh, and one day I saw this boy, he came into the school, and uh, I guess I have a little bit of co co uh, conversation with him, and uh, I saw him putting his feet up on a, a chair and obviously he wore a pair of new shoes that day. It's not great, it's just a pair of new shoes, it's not a brand, not, not any kind of that kind. But to him, it's just like, wow, you know, I wear, I have new shoes. And so he's trying to gain attention so that we will notice that. But without compassion, how do you interpret that situation? You know, we thought this guy's funny, this crazy, what is this? You know, we are trying to do so what, you know? So, so we would probably have this kind of very crude uh, inner comment 
uh, assessment of that person. But when we, if we have compassion, we know where this boy is coming from. You know, maybe well in South Africa, he, he has to run for his life to come to UK, and with that sort of background and so on. So, so if we if we can empathize, uh, if we can have compassion over the tragedies that has happened in, in his life, then we will be able to reach out in love. But, but we don't. We, we, we lack that kind of compassion. And uh, not too long after that, he didn't come back to school. And we heard that he is hospitalized and uh, he had some mental issue. And uh, we never see him again. So I relate this story to you in sadness, in uh, repentance. You know, if I have more compassion, if I know what compassion is about, if I know what life is about, how people go through suffering like I do today, maybe, you know, we would have reached out to him showing more acceptance, love, and so on. And could he be safe because of our action? I don't know. But anyway, that's, what, that's how important to have compassion is. So the Bible tells us in order to enter into relationship, to be in unity in the body, we must put on compassion. Many times we do not know what people have gone through in their lives, the kind of brokenness, the kind of uh, experiences. So that's why we, we talk about not to judge others, not to judge others. And remember, God will judge us. But, but let's put on compassion. And then kindness. Without compassion, you will not act in kindness. But when we have compassion, we need to act upon that, that feeling that we have, that drive, that stirring in our hearts. And to be kind is to go out of our way, go the second mile, to help a person in needs with an act of kindness. That act may be a very small, insignificant touch or a sure of a, a smile or a handshake or to someone who feels so lost, who feel who is seeking for, for love, who have depth, desperate cry within their heart. This little act of kindness could change the life of the person. Remember Zacchaeus, this fat, short, hated, rejected, isolated by his community, this tax collector. 
because of what he has done, because of the bad things he has done. This is how people uh, treated him. But this man has a desperate need. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to be accepted. And Jesus came by that way, and here he was climbing up a tree, trying to have a glimpse of this Jesus that he heard about. And Jesus just showed that little kindness to this man and said, Jacob, come down. I'm going to your house to have meals in your house. So this little act of kindness resulted in repentance in Jacob's heart. And he got things right. He returned what he had stolen, rubbing people off because of that little act of kindness. So we never know that our little act of kindness will make an impact that is revolutionary in people's life, bringing total transformation to them. So the Bible says it's out of the kindness of God that we enter into repentance. So let's put on kindness in our relationship with people. What can we do to touch the person's life, to turn that life around? And thirdly, we are to put on humility. Put on humility. We know being humble. So we, the Bible tells us about the Lord Jesus. Though he is God, he does not consider equality with the Father. So to put on humility, that means we humble ourselves, we consider ourselves as nothing. We become a servant. A servant doesn't demand his right. The servant doesn't demand to be treated in a certain way. So in our relationship with people, we put on humility. That means we are looking at the interests of others. We are looking at the interests of our master. It's never about self. People who get into relational problem and, you know, they, it's all about themselves. They want to fight for what is right. They want to fight for their right, their benefit. You know, they do not want to lose face. So that's why they are there to prove that they are right. And recently, in my experience, we had a problem with a particular individual in, our, in certain organizations. And so it's time to have a showdown to talk over this problem. So the person concerned came with all the research, you know, what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened, with the intention to prove that he's right. So he definitely didn't come with humility. He comes to prove that he's right. So I mentioned before, if we do not know who we are, if we do not receive our wholeness in Christ Jesus, we will want it from other people. 
and we'll fight for it. We'll argue. We will want to prove. So, in our earlier teaching, I learned this. If someone, if we are trying to resolve problem, if the person come with the frame of mind to prove that is right, you can be sure there is no result. That relationship will end in brokenness. But if someone will come with humility, they come to serve, they come with the intention of serving others, the good of others, not looking at themselves. They come with the intention of pleasing the Father. You know whatever relationship there is, it will, be, uh, it will end in uh, reconciliation, it will end in unity. That's why the Bible says in order for us to enter into perfect unity, we've got to put on humility. And that's what Jesus did before the Father. He became a servant. And so we too, when we put on humility, that means we become a servant. We serve with others in mind, not looking at ourselves. So we may face a lot of challenges, a lot of suffering, but we fix our eyes on Jesus. Put on humility. And then put on gentleness. Gentleness. How does gentleness come about? Oh, sorry, before I forget, you'll be wondering what happened to that relationship. Of course, the person resigned. He came. He wanted to prove his, himself right. And then he go. You know, so it's a, it's a sad situation. So put on gentleness. <coughs> so when our hearts are surrendered, yielded to do the Father's will, there will be gentleness. When our hearts are not Surrender. We are strong will. We want our ways, then there will there will be hardness and, and, and problem. And Second uh, Timothy two verse twenty three to twenty six it says, "Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome." but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So, can you see gentleness when we are yielded to God? The Lord Jesus is meek. He's yielded to God. He's gentle in His ways. And uh, so we do not, in, in relational conflicts, we don't go in with that kind of self-righteous hardness and wanting to argue to prove that we are right. But he said we are the servant of God. All these things are not 
appropriate. We put on gentleness. We don't put on that kind of warrior spirit and uh, trying to win an argument. So even in dealing with people who come in this kind of manner, we are not to enter into argument with them. We are to put on gentleness. Opponents must be gently instructed. Gently instructed. I must admit, there are times I lose my cool. So uh, this is something that we need to learn in the hope that the person will repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. So people who come with aggression, people who come to win an argument, they are already fall into the trap of the devil and captive to do his will. His will is to divide, destroy. So that's why the person who come with that kind of aggression to prove themselves, you know the outcome. There's no solution unless they humble themselves and become gentle. Gentle. Otherwise, there is no solution. And then finally, it says we put on patience. And that's where we're going to end in this study for today. We put on patience. When we are patient, we are quick to listen, slow to speak. Some people have a fuse that, you know, so short, it just blows when you say something. And it's just not possible to talk to this kind of people uh, in and, 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 and bring peace, right? But when we put on patience, that means <coughs> we, we have endurance, we listen, we are open to what people are saying, and uh, instead of uh, being hot-tempered, we give people time to change. We don't demand uh, changes. And uh, we give them opportunity to make mistakes. You know, just like the Lord will give us uh, this, this uh, grace so that we, having fallen and fallen again, we know we can come back and find acceptance, find love, and being secure in our relationship. So when we put on uh, patience, we bear with each other. We bear with others. And uh, even though they may have done wrong, even though we may suffer as a result of what they have done, but we bear with them uh, what, what they did uh, because we love them, because they are brothers and sisters, they are the family of God. So I hope with this kind of a virtue that we put on, we will be able to live with people in perfect unity. Yes, it does take a lot of uh, uh, learning on our part, a lot of grace and growing on our part, but uh, let's make this our aim so that we live in perfect unity according to the will of God. 
in our relationship with one another. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your grace and mercy upon our life. And we thank you for having chosen us to be your people, the people of God. We thank you, Lord, for the security that we have in your love. We thank you for making who we are because of your grace. And Father, we teach us to, to learn how to appropriately put on the virtue that is after you so that our relationship with people will be one of love and grace and harmony and unity to the glory of your name. Bless your people, bless your church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again.